Welcome to the Ganjeevan Show with your hosts, Rick Payway and Tracy Clark. Grab your favorite beverage, kick back, put your feet up, and have a listen. Welcome to the Ganjeevan Show, Episode 9. I'm your host, Rick Payway. I'm your co-host, Tracy Clark. We've got a crazy show for you this week. Uh, we've got a couple of special guests, and uh, I think we're going to kick this one off with Jeep Beat. I'm hearing some rumors of some layoffs. Yeah, yeah it's really interesting. And it, and it, I think it all ties back to the pandemic, and we'll just call it a new world order because nothing's normal. The uh, Belvedere, Illinois plant in Illinois, obviously, is where they meet the Jeep Cherokee, and they're planning on laying off about 1,600 employees. Uh, now, of course, it's going to be temporary, one would always hope, but it all deals with the problem of getting chips and semiconductors and all that stuff, and guess where they all come from is China, overseas, et cetera. So that's really a problem. It's also plagued other manufacturers. Like right now, you can go out and see other manufacturers like Ford, with trucks all on the lots waiting for those chips. Even the Broncos apparently have been pushed back because without chips, you can build a vehicle, but you can't make them run. So it's kind of a troublesome thing uh, to see in the industry. Uh, Lynn, have you heard anything like that in any other part of this uh, industry? Oh, definitely. Um, The chip shortage is affecting everyone in some way, shape, or form. I know the Toledo plant has had various shutdowns or slowdowns due to it. Um, it, just, it seems to be coming in waves, really, um, from what, what I can see. Yeah, so you, you figure the shortage of chips also relates to uh, a lot of the other econo- economic indicators. I mean, when was the last time that an eight-foot-long two-by-four was more than a dollar a foot? <laughs> a $10 stick of lumber? Come on, that's crazy. Uh, I even had a friend tell me that tried to order some 4340 uh, steel and they wouldn't even quote my buddy because they can't get it. So, and they know if they quoted them and then they got it, it would be more anyway. So it's not necessarily a good situation. Crazy. I have two pallets. I'll trade for a 392. <laughs> two wooden pallets. Yeah. Two wooden you know, pallets. People used to throw away pallets. They're now salvaging them. Used oh yeah, go for housing, but now they're being used here for housing. Chris, yeah, yes, you just got back from from Mexico. Did you see any of that down there? Oh yeah, not pallet <laughs> housing, but problems with uh, supply. Well, you know, yeah, that's an interesting thing. I mean, there's you go south of the border, nothing goes to waste. Everything's recycled, so they they salvage everything. I used to know um, a guy that dismantled homes in the United States and ship the stuff across the border and sold it because there's no problem recycling stuff down there. Um, yeah. The thing on the, on the, um, on the chips though, and the vehicles. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I've talked to a few people back um, East and um, yeah, it's like, they're just, the cars are piling up and they're piled up to where they don't have any place to store them. Right. Um, once that storage capacity is gone, that's it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're also, uh, we're cooking in the kitchen with Greg Henderson. Uh, we're just going to say, what, what's it up there in Michigan? What's it like there in the Jeep, Jeep scene? Um, well, I, I think it's pretty much just like anywhere. You know, I've had tremendous problems ordering parts. Um, and, and this goes for months. Uh, I just had a set of axles show up after 10 months. Um, even as simple as drive shafts. I ordered drive shafts two weeks ago. Normally, they would take a day and a half to get here. It took two weeks because... The company that makes my drive shafts is struggling to get parts. Um, yesterday, yeah, yesterday I went to the steel store where I buy steel. And again, just like you said, they wouldn't give me a quote. And then the pieces that I did need, conveniently, I had just ordered the exact same order like five months ago. Um, and it was 260% more. Wow. And I'm even working on my house. So I'm buying plywood and stuff right now. And in October, I paid $11 a sheet for plywood. Uh, day before yesterday, I paid $48 a sheet for plywood. So for the exact same thing, it's just, it's everywhere. And one of the worst that I'm finding in the Jeep industry right now, tires. Um, you cannot find 
a tire 35 inch to 40 inch anywhere from any manufacturer. One of my customers delivered a 392 uh, on Tuesday and I can't get him tires. So he's just yeah. going to come and pick up his Jeep and I don't get to work on it because I can't give him tires. That's crazy. Tyler, same thing with you? Most of the parts I buy are out of junkyards. So <laughs> I haven't started to feel the squeeze yet other than I am currently remodeling a, a cottage on the farm right now and wood prices are beyond ridiculous. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's and the, the, the sad thing is, is, Man, the construction's not slowing down. I, I cannot I cannot hire a contractor to help me. No, they won't even touch it. They won't touch anything custom. They won't touch anything remodeling. They're just they want to frame houses and frame houses and frame houses. That's all they want to do because man, they are they are months out busy. Yeah. I don't know how anybody even afford to build one. Yeah. Well, it, it gets kind of crazy. If you want to build a, a Jeep garage and you can't, you have a Jeep, but you can't put tires on it. In fact, crazy, that happened to you. You needed a tire and what they say? They don't have any. And it's not like I need a 35 or anything like that. I need a super traction, H78, 29 and a half inches tall, 15 inch rim, and I can't get one. Yeah. They're out of stock and they don't know when they're going to get them back in. So for all things Jeep, um, plan ahead, I think, is the word for it. It's, no matter what you need, plan ahead. To, uh, if I could throw something in there, um, you know, this uh, Edla CJ7 behind me, I picked up some new tires for that, um, some BFG KM3s just before Easter Jeep Safari. And I was talking to the folks at BF Goodrich and about that exact issue. And it's the supply side. It's the supply for materials because they make those tires here in the States. So right. a lot of the, the materials to make the tires, right? Hey, Chris, so a lot of that natural rubber comes from areas like Malaysia and other parts of the world. So it's actually the supply side there getting the product here. So we can actually make something in the States. Hey, Chris, in the background there, I see some big tires. What size are those on your rack? Uh, those are small tires. Those are just 32 inch KM3s. Oh, I was going to say, man, you could charge triple for those if they were 35s or 37s. Why could they buy more? All right. Well, yeah. Those are going on a different Jeep. <laughs> all right. Well, we can't whine about what we don't have. Let's think about something that hopefully will happen. Tracy, What what's the kind of good news coming out? Well, we're hearing rumors that the 55th annual Mile High Jeep Club All for Fun may just happen this year in Leadville. Uh, July 31st through August 4th. They're still awaiting their final permit approval. They have not yet opened registration for the event. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. We're hoping it will be some good news. Yeah, that's like two and a half months away and they haven't even opened registration because obviously they can't, but uh, I sure hope they do. It's a great event. Uh, Leadville is an incredible place in the middle of Colorado. Uh, it's one of those uh, that should be on your bucket list at least once. You know, everybody should do the Rubicon once. They should do Mile High uh, once, Uari uh, once, et cetera. So that's, that's good news. So, Tracy, stay on that. Let us know exactly what's going on. Of course, you could always go to our, our uh, sites and Facebook, Instagram, and everything else where we will tell you all about those things. We have a special guest that, that, that's getting ready to pop in for our next couple of segments. All right. Are you see us? I can see you. Awesome. Everybody, I'd like to introduce you to Jeremy Rowe. Hi, he Jeremy. Is, he's a rising star on the music scene, and uh, he's a Jeeper. And as you can see, he is a Ganjeepin fan. He is sporting some Ganjeepin swag there. He's got a shirt. <laughs> he's got a shirt. He's got a shirt. And he, he's written a song for all of us Jeepers. It's called Jeep Thing. But the other thing that I want to give before we, we get to the song, I wanted him to weigh in on our next segment, Rick. You know, I saw something the other day that just pissed me off. It did. I, I saw a post on social media, and it, it was a guy that was not driving a Jeep, but he was out there on a trail by himself with his family, and he was broke down. And a group of Jeepers went by and didn't even stop to see if they were okay. 
And I'm not all right with that. I don't care if you're driving a Ford, a Bronco, a Scout, a Toyota. We are off-roaders. We are a family, regardless of the badge that we sit behind. And we need to support one another. I mean, what if it was a medical issue, not just a vehicle issue? There, there's just so many places that this could go. Rick, you want to take it away because it, it just chaps my hide. Well, that, that's one of the things is that as long as I've been out on Jeep on the trail, and believe me, that's been a long time, one of the core thing was to always make sure that anybody you met out in the outback was okay. You at least stop and say, hey, how you going? What's going on? You know, And if they have a wheel falling off, hey, do you need some help? Do you need some parts? Do you need me to do anything else? And along with that, I think part of the deal is teaching the new generation that because I was out on a trail ride last week and I had lots and lots of Jeeps go right by not with any any kind of a care or consideration or anything else. And yeah, we were broken down. No, we didn't need any help. But we just sat there and watched people go by. And finally, one TJ came along. They stopped. They turned off the engine. And yes, the windows are already down. They said, hey, how you guys doing? Need any help? And we went, wow, finally, someone that, that's got it. So that's kind of what gave me this idea about coming up with some Common sense trail etiquette uh, rules. You know, I don't necessarily like rules, but they should be. I was in a Jeep club once, and their number one rule was no rules. Number two rule was don't litter. So, you know, kind of gives you the idea. So stick with me as I go over a few of these. Uh, number one, of course, is stay the trail. There's absolutely no reason to be going off in a sensitive area where your actions may end up having a trail closed. If you're in the swamp in Louisiana in an open area, tear it up, get muddy, do what you want, as long as that's what's acceptable and legal. If you go to Moab, stay the trail. You start going off on any of the cryptobiotic soil, and they're going to close the trails down. So that's that's number one. The rest of my rules are not in, <laughs> necessarily in order. But one of my biggest bugaboos is on an organized trail ride, when all of a sudden, you lose the person behind you. Well, it's your job to keep the person behind you in sight. Wait at turns so they know where to turn. It's really common sense. If you do that, whether you have 10 people, 10 Jeeps, or 25 Jeeps, or 100 Jeeps, they know where to go. Now, along with that, keep the person in front of you in sight. It is up to you to stay with the group, not lollygag in the back, and not get anything done. So it goes both ways. But also with that, keep distance between each other. There's nothing worse than looking in a rearview mirror, and there's this guy five feet from your uh, tailgate. It's, it's something that does bother me, yes. There should be at least enough room on any trail ride, especially when you're parking, to drive a vehicle between each Jeep. That functions as, as a little good safety valve. And like when you're parked, hey, what if I want to open my tailgate? If you're right there, I can't do that. Okay, how about going up and down hills? If you're going up a hill, let the guy in front of you crest or get to a safe place before you start up the hill. That's only common sense. If something happens, you have to back down, or if you have a mechanical failure, and all of a sudden your brakes and your clutch or whatever goes out and you start sailing backwards, you don't want to be that guy that gets hit first. Likewise, if you're going uphill and somebody's coming downhill, common trail etiquette is that the guy in front, coming downhill, or gal, excuse me, has the right way. So that's, you know, these are, again, common sense rules. Yes, there is no common sense, but that's usually how it goes. Uh, how about another one? How about when you're with a, a group and you have women, you have men, and you stop for a potty break, and everybody just scatters? Well, if you tell them the common rule, it's men to the left and women to the right. Anybody know why? Because yeah, women do, are always right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can't remember that, what can you remember? Okay. Yeah, common sense. And but but, but I, I, I have something to add to that. 
when, when you say that, half the people may have already gotten out of their Jeep and they're looking in the opposite direction. Oh no. So their, their left is actually the right side of the, the vehicle as it's facing forward. Always remember left side is the driver's side, right side is the passenger side. So if you're giving hand controls and saying, turn drivers, turn, turn the other way. Well, it doesn't work that way when you're in Australia. So just use left and right. That's universal (laughs) worldwide, right? Okay. Uh, it doesn't work that way when you're driving with Brandon either, because I, I remember a video oh, clip. Oh. You, you said, go driver, driver, and you said, no, your other driver. Your other driver, right? <laughs> so, yeah, left and right usually will work. Okay, so I also said yield to people coming downhill. My opinion is that you should always yield to lesser vehicles. That includes Scouts, Broncos, and everything else. Because you know you're better. But with that... Yield to horses, hikers, bikers, and pets because you're better than them. All right, give them a break. You know what to do. Be a nice guy. Well, in Colorado, you actually have to yield to uphill traffic. Yes, yeah, see, there's Colorado mm-hmm. for you. And it's still snowing there, too, isn't it? It was yesterday. And by looking out the window, it could potentially do the same later today. Yep. But I'd 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 like to talk to to Jeremy as a as a relatively new Jeep owner Jeeper Jeeper in, in this family here. He grew up with them. I I'd I'd like to know what he thinks about some of the stuff that you know we'd kind of discussed things that we'd seen posted up on Facebook and how I'm of a belief there's no such thing as a stupid question, but there's other people out there that think every question that isn't absolutely obviously answered just, you know. Well, first of all, thanks for letting me know that uh, men to the left and women's are always right. (laughs) That's a new one for me, but uh, you said uh, a bunch, uh, Rick, that a lot of that was just common sense. And I'm a brand new Jeep owner. But uh, I, uh, I'm of the mindset that, that there is no stupid question or dumb question. And I'm sure I'll, I've been guilty of asking many in my lifetime. And uh, certainly I can laugh at myself when somebody lets me know that it's kind of a silly question or reminds me that I might already know the answer. But I would think that if your immediate thought is to belittle somebody or demean them, maybe you should just keep that to yourself and cruise on to the, to the next post. Yeah, you got a good point because one of the things that we as Jeepers, as we learn all this stuff, I think it's our responsibility to pass that information on. I've learned a lot from my dad about a lot of stuff, uh, particularly in Jeeping, like don't shift into reverse. It doesn't mean race. (laughs) (laughs) But but you're right. Stupid questions, you know, there's no no point in being condescending or or being a jerk. Just don't be that guy help everybody out and then you won't have them as uh, a trail problem. Simple as that. Well, you know, we, we discussed something about restoration or preservation on Jeeps Mm -hmm. and, and we, as the wizened old Jeepers, so to speak, not only, you know, should we preserve the Jeep heritage, but we need to preserve and pass on, the Jeep knowledge and the etiquette and the trail preservation. And, you know, it's just, it's turning into a bunch of, let's just roll up our windows and ignore everybody. I mean, when we were at Easter Jeep Safari, it was one of the first years that didn't get waves driving down the road in the old, yeah, didn't get the Jeep away from the new Jeep's to the old Jeep. And it, it just floored me how many people just live, live in their personal little box and could care less about everybody else, you know? And if when they it didn't know down. about the Jeep wave, they sure didn't want to learn. Why is that guy doing this? Yeah, it's windows up, air conditioning on, yeah. stereo going, we're in a little cocoon. So Jeremy, wh- where are you from? I'm in Oklahoma. And, right. uh, 
I'll tell you what, even when I'm driving my wife's Suburban, I still find myself waving at Chiefs, and then I remember when they don't wave back. <laughs> we, we've all been caught that when yeah. we're not with the Jeep. Yeah. Oh, nice Jeep. Yep. Oh, Jeep. You know. So do my Miata people do that? Maybe. I, I, I don't know. But it is a Jeep thing or a Jeep thing. Yeah, there you go. I see what you did there. <laughs> because I'm worse, you know. And people that know Jeeps and get into it and understand that, get it. And, I, and that's why I think your your song really nailed awesome. what Jeeps all about. I'm really glad to hear that. I mean, the the wind in your hair and hands yeah. in your, in the air, that 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 whole thing, I mean that's jeep therapy that's happiness that that is the jeep thing and people you know the old saying is it's a jeep thing you wouldn't understand mm-hmm. right and, you, and but, you put it in the country music style with the thing and that mm-hmm. i think that works just perfectly <laughs> i know country music's not for everybody but i'm hoping to convert some folks with that song <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah i don't think you can find anybody around here that's gonna like that in fact is that a cowboy hat, Chris, or is that a country hat, or that's an expedition hat, right? My hat? Your hat. This is like, see, I actually do have hair on top underneath that hat. Somebody <laughs> said that in Mexico. I Last week, I was guiding a trip, and uh, I pulled my hat off. It's just cooking hot down there. And they're like, you have hair. We had no idea. We'd never seen you with a hat. So this hat is, uh, yeah, it's a leather, kind of a safari hat. Pharma, uh, made in Australia. Squishy hat, you can stuff it in the bag and it comes back the way it's supposed to be. So, yeah, that's good. Outdoors, outdoors, and that's what Jeeps are for. Yes. So, I don't, I don't know, Jeremy, you want to entertain us with uh, some of your your stuff? Um, that'd be great. We, Absolutely. we would love to hear you sing Jeep thing for our, all the gone Jeeping fans. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as well as ourselves. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I hope that it translates over this uh, this phone and, and Zoom. So if it sounds like trash, just wave me down. Well, and it, you're it actually found- getting ready to head to Nashville to record this, aren't you? Yeah, I'm leaving at like 4 a.m. tomorrow. Nope. And we're driving the Jeep all the way, baby. All right. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So what year is yours? It's a 2017 JKU, the Sarah... Yeah winter edition which i'll be honest i didn't know was a thing until after i bought it and uh <laughs> someone else pointed it out to me that it was a winter edition That's so cool. yeah it's it's a lot of fun I'm, I'm really i'm really glad we got that and it's in chief blue so it just you can see it from a mile away perfect well you go for it we're gonna sit back and enjoy cool <laughs> Spending late nights in the shop My bank account's drained but I'm getting new shops And I'm hoping that she'll be ready for tomorrow's parade I ain't got time for no masquerades Putting in work so that I can go play Just waiting for the weekend And I pray it comes quick It's a cheap thing Let's take a ride then you'll understand Get some wind in your hair, you'll forget to care. Top down with your hands in the air. You can be a red, green, or blue, whatever color will do. Only thing to be said for me and you is it's a cheap thing. Yeah, it's a cheap thing. Yeah, I can help pull out your truck. Might get a little muddy, but we'll never be stuck. Don't matter the time. We ride rain or shine. And she may not. Turn on a dime, but she'll never back down from a steep incline. Let's hit a trail, and I'll show you real quick. That it's a cheap day, and let's take a ride, then you'll understand. Get some wind in your hair, you'll forget to care. Top down with your hands in the air. It can be red, green, or blue, whatever color will do. Only thing to be said for me and you is it's a cheap day. Yeah, it's a cheap day. Oh, Tears and lies, we will for those in the fight of their lives. So grab your beer, whiskey, wine, let's keep some mud and we'll have a good time. Here's why it's a cheap thing. Let's take a ride, then you'll understand. Get some wind in your hair, you'll forget to care. Top down with your hands in the air. 
It can be raking up and whatever color will do. Only thing to be safe for me and you is it's a cheap thing. Yeah, it's a cheap thing. Oh, it's a cheap thing. Yeah, it's a cheap thing. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm glad you guys like it. No. We love it. I mean, well, we get it. Good. <laughs> we get it. I mean, it that, that was awesome. <laughs> I, I could. I have listened to it numerous times. I, I pretty much know it by heart. I can't wait till That's I can, awesome. I can blast it driving down the road. And and uh, for those of you that couldn't hear well on our side, you can go to Jeremy Rowe dash music.com and that's row with an e right yes sir yeah that's where i caught it tracy told me where to go and oh cool it was enjoyable thank <laughs> and you I, I would say that as amazing as this platform is that came across really well I, oh good i almost recorded well, it on my iphone oh great well i'll tell no, you hey, what hey, a bootleg copy of it <laughs> <I bootlegged>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey rick yeah can can you see a Jeep commercial to that song? I can. Oh heck yeah, yeah. Thought it was a Jeep commercial. <laughs> I, I I I think Rick, we need to uh, get a write-in cam campaign going to Jeep. And there you go. I love it, that. So Jeremy, question. Yes, sir. Tell me about the inspiration behind that song. You have 2017 JKU. Yes, and I'll tell you, I've only had it for a couple of weeks. I literally just went and picked up the title yesterday. You know, as uh, Tracy mentioned, I grew up around uh, Jeeps. My dad was always building them and then hosting uh, uh, events like Willing for the Wounded. He's a he's a vet, so uh, doing doing events like that. And just I got uh, inspired by the community. Um, and then I finally decided I wanted to get one. And uh, so my wife and I have been talking about it, and we've we're pointing them all out and showing each other what we liked. And, and, uh, you know, when you get your heart set on something or you go ahead and buy a vehicle, that's all you see. So we were just, just having a good time pointing them out. And we ended up going to uh, Eureka Springs, uh, about a month ago now. And, um, when we got there, we were, of course, we were pointing them all out along the way. And when we got there, the Airbnb owner had a, uh, green machine color sitting in the it was a JL sitting in the driveway so we we talked with him about that for a little bit and just while we were there uh, at the Airbnb I thought you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna write a song and uh, so pulled out pulled out my guitar and and wrote the song that night and I really just wanted to embody uh, the what I knew of the Jeep community even though I hadn't even purchased my own yet just uh you know just growing up around it and and uh, meeting meeting people and and having friends, a lot of my my parents' uh, Jeeper friends will come to some of my shows and support me, uh, which is incredible. And uh, so I just wanted to embody that community. And then, like what, like I said, with the bridge, just you know, let people know too that it's not all just that we're not all just gearheads, you know. Uh, but we'll, we'll we'll pull together, you know, for for events and for for certain people and for a cause. Uh, so that's a and I wanted to give give the Jeepers an anthem. That's cool. No, I think we, you just beat it. There's no two ways. Yeah, we, we think you nailed it. And, you know, it, any of you guys that have got some, some Jeep events coming up and you're looking for some live music, th this is your man right here. He, he does some amazing covers. I, I've tuned in for a lot of his Facebook lives recently. And, um, well, thank and, you. Man, you talented Ab absolutely behind you 110 percent. can't wait for that first full album to come out because i want to blast it awesome. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. yeah i've got some uh pretty insane size speakers in some of the jeeps that i build so like nice. i'm already thinking i want to take your song that you just did and loop it on one of the jeeps out in the i've got an off-road park in the backyard and then uh -huh. send it to you just so you've got something uh, that would be fun. There you go. Yeah, I'm gonna have to reconsider one of my one of my rules was turn your radio down. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I heard it several times. Yeah, Rick muted himself. It was bad. <laughs> You're on mute, Payway. Turn your radio down. Turn your engine off. <laughs> Look at that! I just turned off myself. <laughs> huh. 
Could All definitely, right. see that on a, uh, definitely see that on a uh, Jeep commercial. That would be awesome. We should well, I'll keep putting that out there. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. We should pass that along to Pierce at uh, Jeep Jamboree USA. And, oh, there's an idea. Uh, the guys at Jeepers. And- yeah. I mean, Chris, couldn't you see him out there at Rubicon Springs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean. People would go nuts. That's they would awesome. go nuts. Yeah. Come up with a couple other uh, Jeep-themed uh, uh, songs there. I'm working on it already. Album. <laughs> a whole Jeep album. That'd be awesome. I I'll be I'll be first in line. You're probably too young for this, Jeremy, but some of us remember having to wait in line all night long for the ticket offices to open to get concert tickets. I I would stand outside all night long waiting for for the phone app to be live to purchase concert tickets. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Let's see. We can call his new album, uh, what, Seven Slot Experience or yeah. <laughs> Seven Slot Life. Yeah. Life. There you go. Seven Slot Grill. <laughs> there you go. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks for uh, sharing that. Yeah, that was great. We appreciate all your help. And uh, when you come up with something else, let us know. We'll keep in contact. We'll have you back on as a guest. song called John Jeepin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's an idea too. Uh, we can even hey, tie him in right now. <laughs> Lock him in right now. Hey, can we use that song as the intro to Gone Jeepin? Well, you know, we are all Jeep all the time. So, looking forward to getting that recorded tomorrow, and and hopefully, I'll uh, have the master back in a week or two, and then I'll be able to shoot that. Your, your way and there may or may not be uh some sweet guitar solos in there so oh oh we're all over that (laughs) sounds like that needs to end up in a youtube video on our channel yeah i think so i mean you know i i'm working hard to to try to maybe get jeremy up to toledo jeep fest and and play one of the parks yeah you know, if Colorado All for Fun happens, they do live music there. I think you'd enjoy the heck out of that. Now, I will tell you one thing. If we can get you into All for Fun, you better bring oxygen because you'll be playing at 10,000 feet in elevation. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. And you're about, what, 1,000 there? Yeah. I've, I've been at 10,000 once. Uh, I, I can handle it. My, my, I didn't experience the shortness of breath that a lot of people tell you about or, uh, or burning or anything like that. So I think we'll be yeah. all right. When you start singing at this altitude, though, it, it will start taking its toll. So plan on coming out a few days yeah, ahead of time. Right. We'll go out and play in the Jeeps, and I can show you around Colorado, and then then you'll be able to breathe a little easier. Now that sounds like a plan right there. Sounds great. If, if, if you come up to Toledo, um, which is really, really close to my shop, you're more than welcome to come on up. We'll let you play with some Jeeps and do some other stuff. Um, I've got a <laughs> private off-road park in the backyard. I can teach you what your Jeep is really capable of. Um, Ooh, nice like like in a safe environment instead of you know out with a bunch of buddies um yeah. people, people are amazed at what a jeep is actually capable of when somebody really spots them through something so um yeah i'm i'm only an hour and a half from toledo so you're more than welcome thank you. to come up to toledo. Thank you. yeah yep all right well tracy well, I appreciate it. If you want to hang out with us, you're more than welcome to, Jeremy. I, I know you've got some other stuff that you're trying to get. Run. But thank you guys so much. I appreciate your time and, and for you all and uh, letting me entertain you with that song and be a part of uh, Gone Jeep. Thank you so much. You you're very welcome. Thank Thanks you for being here. And hey, everybody, Jeremy Rowe, you heard him here on the Gone Jeep show this this guy is up and coming. He is a rising star. Watch for him. And when, and when Jeep thing is out there, it's going to be hopefully on iTunes soon. Go and download, download, download. Yeah, we'll let you know when it comes out. I've got a projected date in mind, but I don't want to say that just yet. So, But I'll, I'll keep you informed, Tracy, and then we can talk about it another time. But thank you guys so much. I uh, appreciate you, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, Thanks, Jeremy. Bye-bye. All right, guys. We're going to go into Willie's versus Wrangler, and I'm going to throw a topic at you. Oh, boy. Are you ready? I'll dodge it. 
Lights. <laughs> Traditional bulbs or LED? Ooh. Mm. Depends on the situation. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, nobody wants to jump in on that. All right, okay. I'll jump in. I'll, I'll jump in first, and then you guys can flame me if you want. There we go. I like classic traditional styles and look, but I'm mm-hmm. all about the LED. Like, uh, I love what KC did going back to the round lights, but using LED te- LED technology in the bulb. I think that's uh, you can't beat LED. I mean, for the the power consumption, the longevity, the durability of them. I think they put out a better light. I love LEDs, but man, I'm so over light bars. <laughs> <laughs> Give me I a traditional look with an LED bulb. All right. Yeah. So, uh, so you mean you'd be okay with a light bar if they have conventional bulbs? No. But you just said no. LED bulbs in a conventional-looking light. Not the other way around. Not the other way around. No. Okay. Yeah, I've actually. So I, I've played with that a lot, um, and I know I'm walking around in the shop right now, but the. Like the very first introduction I ever had into a really high quality LED was the truck light LEDs, which are 100% made in the U.S. Um, and when when the guy brought one to my shop for the first time, we put it on a fence post and we did something you should never do. Put it on a fence post, stood 20 feet back, and I shot it with a 12 gauge and buckshot. And it didn't hurt the light and it still functioned. Um, so I'm, I'm of the same mind as Tyler where... I'm not a big fan of the LEDs that don't look factory, but I will tell you, I just installed this yesterday and I've never installed one of these. And there is a light bar on this gladiator. Um, It was the easiest light bar I've ever installed. It took less than 20 minutes. um, And it's inside the vehicle instead of outside the vehicle. So there's none of the wind noise or whistling or anything else. I'm still not personally a fan of light bars because you get glare off the hood. But this one is kind of a cool light bar just because of its application. So if you watch it. I don't know how well that translates to the screen. It's pretty doggone bright. It's bright. So in that light bar, um, it's mounted. It's up here behind the glass Um, but from the driver's seat you don't really see it it does it only takes up about a half inch of your viewing area so it's very very minimal Um, so I kind of like that also um, no wind noise nothing else and it does have the amber or the white and that's a Quadratech exclusive so that's a light bar that's specific just to Quadratech and as far as light gar- bars go, it's probably one of the ones I like the most because it's not outside of the car or anything else. And what LED. I be- right, and it's LED, so um, I think it. I read the stats on it, but you could use a nine volt battery, like the little nine volt battery that you put in your smoke detector, and it'd run that thing all day. So LEDs don't take a big draw. So I, I'm, I've got to side with Tyler. I like them when they look factory, and I will say that that particular light bar I do like because it's simple and hidden, but, um, and even marker lights and other things, but I think some people go way overboard with LEDs. You think they put too many on the front. They put them underneath. They put, they call them rock lights. They put 20 different colors and they, they blink with their music. I'm sorry, but I'm not a big fan of any of that. I think all the lights, cause even this one, you know, this is a customer's vehicle behind me, and he had me put the rigid uh, little, they're little round ones, I forget the model, but rock lights. Um, I think he paid $700 for six little LEDs and then paid me a bunch of money to install them. I don't understand. I go trail riding at night during the day. I've never needed a light under my car unless I'm working on it. Well, it's kind of like the difference between wearing wearing a pinstripe suit suit and just a re- regular gray flannel suit. You're going to get a lot more likes and looks, 
with that pinstripe. Yeah. So I will say uh, rock lights do make it easier to film at night. <laughs> yeah. 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 And when yeah. you're working on stuff that's broken down because you spent your money on rock lights instead of good axles and new joints. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mine is more headlight tail light and I'm going to jump in here and say I'm more a traditional bulb and lighting fan because of the heat generated. I live up here in snow country. LED lights do not shed snow like traditional taillights do. You're in whiteout conditions. I want to be able to see if somebody's putting the brakes on ahead of me. Right. So, so they do have, there are, there are some companies that make, um, you know, like truck light started it. They make the heating element inside yeah. the lens for the headlight. Um, but there are also some companies, um, and I, I installed them on a Jeep. I think it's also a truck light. It's a tail light that has a heating element built inside of it so that it does shed the snow. And I think it came from a military application, but I'm, I'm sure a couple others. The, the difference is, is the light output is so intense that you really got to pack it with some snow too. So um, again, I, I side with Tracy on that a little bit because when they get packed with snow, it sucks. We're in Michigan, we have the same problem, but um, they do, some of the manufacturers have stepped up and made things to fix that problem. Well, yeah. you know, you're talking about a nine volt battery running your LEDs, but it's not going to run your heating elements. And I think someone once famously Correct. said an incandescent bulb is a heating device that happens to put out light. Right. So yeah. When you're looking at a, at a World War II Jeep with this beautiful yellow dim glow, it's warm and it's lovely. And if you change that to a LED with a white, bright, cold, mean light, it just isn't the same. Now, if you want to see it, becomes a, a soulless, yes, exactly, hunk of metal. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if I can jump in with the LED light, if I can jump in on some of this too, actually see. <laughs> Absolutely, Liam. Yeah, sorry guys. Um, if I can jump in on this too, so LEDs have come a long ways, and one of my favorite things about LEDs is you can really tune in the uh, the light color. Um, yeah. Basically, they just throw a a tinted paste on top of the epically blue light um, and it can become a lot warmer. I know a conversation I had with uh, Todd when I was writing his 2A and he was talking about different um, rustic looking custom lighting options for his Jeep and he was talking about six volts. I was he was having trouble finding um, what he wanted with a six volt application and the nice thing about LEDs is you can definitely run them off six volts if you okay have the right resistors. And so you, as far as custom goes, there's some really cool things you can do with LEDs. And now like I have Edison bulbs in my house that are all LED. They look like they're Edison bulbs, but they're not. And you can do that too. Um, I do want to mention about retrofitting LEDs. So my YJ, for example, I have LED taillights that I put LED bulbs in to the original taillights and they're horrible. They, they're not bright. I've chose not the wrong light. bulbs. Yeah. Like an actual LED aftermarket application is going to be a lot brighter. And sometimes it's going to improve upon the design or make it kind of wild. I have the, the, the standard headlights. Part of that is because I didn't want to spend the money on LED headlights, but also my wiring is very susceptible to different voltages. So when you install LEDs, for example, for turn signals, you need to make sure you either have a resistor that mimics the same power draw as the original bulb, or you need to have um, an, a different relay that's intended for that lower current because that, yep, that relay is designed to run at a certain current. So I've had issues in the past with upgrading older vehicles to LEDs where I've cause new problems in my, uh, especially with my Jeep, it clicks in the rain. I don't, I still can't figure out why that one happens, but I've caused issues with uh, the, the different current draws that uh, it was not originally designed to. Right. And that's one thing that's good about LEDs is they do draw less current and you can have smaller wires and, and all that sort of stuff. When you mix the two, like you said, your YJ was designed specifically for a certain amount of resistance in those light bulbs, which is why one of those rear taillight bulbs went out, it wouldn't flash. Not because it was out, but the, on, on your dash, it wouldn't flash. 
because it wouldn't act actuate the flashing unit, the relay, which of course is what tells you that the bulb's out. Doesn't work that way when you intermix it with the uh, LEDs, like you found out. So, yeah, like somebody said, depends on really what you're looking for. If you want some bright light, uh, low amp, low amp draw, they are a really good thing. What you said about changing the color, I just picked up a couple of shop lights. And I thought they were fluorescent. I'm thinking, well, I really don't want that, but whatever. And then I started looking at them, and it said they were like 4,000K um, range, which is kind of like natural light. And I realized they were LEDs. So they start right up. They have the proper light output. It doesn't look freaky. So, you know, again, depending on the application, it can be a really a, a good thing. Tyler? Yeah. You're holding back on this one. Well... <laughs> So I really like, I like the, uh, like Liam was saying, you can get LED lights set at different, they call it different temperatures. Mm -hmm. All of the, sh all of the lights in my shop are all LED and they're at like 4,500 K, which is a, a real natural, almost like daylight. So it's, it's so pleasing to be in here working with that light on. And I don't have the, the obnoxious buzz of the old mercury light or not mercury, but the, the uh, fluorescent incandescence with the durability i mean you can shake the heck out of an led it doesn't care they last for 50 million hours you know they don't burn out they don't pull a, they don't pull a lot of current they just you know you do have to be a little careful wiring them up like liam was saying uh, in some applications but yeah i'm just all about led and if you've ever had a boat trailer and forgot to unplug your trailer lights when you back the boat in on the ramp and blown all the bulbs. <laughs> yep. I have LED bulbs on my on my boat trailer now. <laughs> I just I like them. I I really like them. Chris, what about you? I mean, I, I have I have both on different vehicles, but you're talking about shop lights. My lights in the shop here are like commercial grade. I think forty five hundred Kelvin. Um, yeah, they're good. They're going to last forever. You know, the power consumption based on the output is phenomenal. Um, on the vehicle, I've got like on one of my rigs, I've got um, a set of uh, ARBs, AR21s, a seven inch, you know, round. These things are awesome. I mean, they just they put out such clear, crisp light. It's got great projection, you know. So for driving at night, uh, I mean, you're kind of torn. It's like like you, Rick. I like the look of the old school, you know. And but man, if you're behind the wheel, it's it's hard to beat a good LED light. You know, Chris, you remind oh. me of something. So I have I have seventy lights in here, and they are they're they're twenty four by twenty four. They're LED. They're that forty five hundred Kelvin. I I I calculated the the power usage on these. I can have all seventy lights on, and it's like having it's less than one two hundred and fifty watt incandescent bulb. <laughs> so that's crazy. They put out awesome light, right? And they, and they put out such and, such awesome light. It's easy on your eyes. It doesn't. It, it gives you yeah. good clarity when you're working on stuff. It doesn't. It's not fatiguing. But if you worked under fluorescence, man, they just fatigue you. Yeah, but it won't hurt heat your shop up. No, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but for example, you also don't have. I'm. We're going to be talking about shop talk here. We don't have ballast resistors. I've got you know fluorescence up yeah. in my garage. And, you know, the ballast resistors go out, the bulbs start to flicker. They just, you know, I'm constant. I've got, I buy, they you know, buzz. boxes at a time at Home Depot because um, yeah. they just, they just go out. So, well, Tracy, that's uh, uh, quite a lot for a simple question, right? Yeah. I, it, I, I thought I was just throwing out, you know, like headlights and taillights, LED versus, and boy, I, I opened up a can of worms there. Yeah. So with that being said, we have got Jennifer Chapin in our waiting room. So we are going to bring her in right now. So everybody, this is Jennifer Chapin. She's a member of the Ladies Off-Road Network, and she's also an author and off-road driving instructor. I'd like to introduce Jennifer to Rick and Liam and Tyler and Chris and Greg Henderson, who's hiding over there. Oh, we're seeing I'm not hiding. I'm here. You're there. Okay. Yay. So we're going to let Rick take over the interview here. Okay. Thanks, Trace. So uh, Jennifer, it's, it's really interesting to see your, your bio and, and the stuff on your on your page. 
it looks like you've been doing this for a while and you've got quite a bit of experience there in New Mexico and beyond. Tell us a little bit about how you got started. Sure. So it kind of goes way back to I was probably five or six and I blame my grandfather. He got me on this little off-road go-kart and ever since then I was kind of like all about it and it just kind of progressed into, you know, bigger and better things and I learned to ride a dirt bike when I was 13 to my mom's detriment and, you know, (laughs) not do that and ATVs and had a Hummer H2, a couple of them actually, and, you know, finally got a Jeep and now I've had a few Jeeps and it just kind of kept going from there. So, but I really, I enjoy it and it's kind of, it's my life now. So yeah, it's a great time. Well, that's good. When you got the Jeeps, that's really when life starts. So at least for all of us. So <laughs> tell us about that. Why did you get changed to a Jeep after having H2s? And what made it made a difference in your life? What did you start doing then that you couldn't do before? As soon as I got the as soon as I got the Jeep, then it was Jeep Wrangler, most modified vehicle in the world. So of course, you know, parts galore, you can do anything. So that was kind of the the appeal. Um, the hard part for me was, you know, you drive an H two and a Jeep is small. So I mean, like I like the space. So it was kind of, what do I do, you know? And and so then it um, it kind of became attack mode for me of find anything and everything that to make this vehicle work for me and then you know keep yeah it just kind of got out of control from there so it, it just continues today so yeah well i also noticed you worked in four-wheel parts so obviously you get a lot of information doing that yes yes i um i into the industry you know yeah, I did events for them for a while, and then I ended up working there for almost a year. So um, retail is a little bit of challenge. Nothing bad about them. I like those guys. It just kind of wasn't the right fit for me. I mean, I'd like to talk about trucks and Jeeps all day, but it was kind of like, okay, there's more to this. And, you know, I think I have more to offer than kind of just selling some parts. So that was kind of where it took off from there. Yeah, I know. I, I did retail for quite some time. and it, It's a different different sort of environment. Definitely. What I like to do best, of course, is trail riding. And you take people on tours and you teach them also how to uh, recover vehicles and things like that? Yes. um, Yeah, I've been doing um, Jeep tours for a long time and teaching off-road driving. And that's kind of been my, you know, real calling of what I really enjoy. I mean, a great example from last year was I had this young lady who was actually 14 and her mom and they uh, took them out and they were talking about her husband wants a Jeep and the daughter wants one and, you know, so on. And they had a razor and then she said she drives the razor all the time. So I said, okay, mom, can I, can I let her drive? And so mom said, sure. So, (laughs) so I got around some Hills and, and this young lady, she did awesome. It was so much fun for me. And again, how do we grow our sport and, you know, let people drive our vehicles Absolutely. That's one thing we were talking about in an early segment of the show, how it's our, basically it's our duty to teach people what they need to know to survive and uh, flourish in the outback. And I, and I think that recovery and proper driving etiquette and everything else, that's one of the things that a lot of people don't get. But when you're, you're starting them at 14, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, you know, I was kind of like, okay, but you know, on the trail. So, you know, I usually, you know, I usually hope they have a driver's license, but, um, you know, I had confidence in her. So she was, she was good. And I was sitting in the passenger seat. She was great. So That's good. So you work with uh, Ladies Off-Road uh, Network, Charlene Bauer? Yes. Um, done, done a bunch of things with that and um, kind of, you know, mostly been doing kind of my own thing for quite a while too and want my message out there and whatever. And I, I mean, I, yeah, firm believer in ladies off-road na- network and what she's doing. Uh, I just, I have a little bit more of kind of my own thing that I'm doing. So that just kind of where it's at right now. So Yeah. So tell, tell us about your own thing that you're doing. A couple of years ago and I'll take a step back because actually when I first moved to New Mexico, the interesting part was um, I had a previous job and um, a lot of, Albuquerque and Santa Fe, kind of the big, small town. So all of a sudden, you know, I have my Hummer and then my Jeep on the news media and people are like, oh, you're one of those bad Jeep people. And I'm like, no, I'm not a bad Jeep people. And what's the deal? And so I kind of 
I heard too much of that, but it was people that respected me for my work and whatever. And, you know, I just kind of had to keep talking about it, which was fine. But I was like, okay, there's got to be something else that I can do. And it actually started as a joke one day with um, a few of my friends and our one friend, his wife had wrote this children's book and our friend, we call him Too Low Tom because um, we actually installed it too low in his transfer case. And what does he do? He gets stuck all the time because he's in too low. <laughs> so, so that's how he got the nickname Too Low Tom. And so I blurted this out at lunch one day. I said, hey, we need a children's book, Too Low Tom and all the rest of the crazies. And it kind of got inappropriate from there and whatever of some of the things that you know, happen along the trail or whatever. And it's like, no, this is think of kids and positive image, not, you know, all our craziness. And so it, it kind of developed from there. And the first story is about um, the Earth Day cleanup. So that was kind of our goal is, you know, get a positive message out about what people in the Jeep community do. And that's, um, yeah, that's kind of just, like I said, it started kind of as a joke. And then our goal is to hopefully, you know, make it more of a series and encourage different things, you know, besides birthday cleanup, but just, you know, help kids learn and understand there's, there's other things out there. And hopefully it does well. So you're a published author. That's, that's great. Books are one of the things that not enough people pick up and actually read. It's tough with, um, you know, things being closed up last year and so on, and just kind of a bad time there. And then I started the I started the next project and I kept kind of asking some people that I knew to kind of participate or help and really kind of got nowhere with it. And so I just kind of took it on my own and I just um, published another book. And this one is um, called Off-Road Driving and Recovering and Recovery. And it's really just focused on uh, Jeeps and the newer Jeeps because what I keep seeing is that and still people, everybody in you know, New Mexico, somebody goes and buys a Jeep and they give them my name. They send them to me and I'm like, what did you get? And I'm like, oh, I got a Jeep. And it's like, okay, you know what? You know, it's like, and it's like, did you get a JK? Did you get a JKU? I don't know. (laughs) And it's like, you know, so it's kind of, so it's been kind of fun, but I just got that. We've given it out to a few people and then uh, we've done a couple of, I've done a couple of training classes and we've given it with that. So it's been that's kind of where it's been. So I haven't done anything else with it yet, but my goal is hopefully, you know, get that out some more too. And cause I tried to put a lot of good information in there and just make it more, a little bit of a reference, but I got a lot of full color pictures and kind of, you know, give, give some of those tips that people don't always remember. And especially when they're, they're new to the sport, they just get in the thing and drive it and, you know, no idea. So yeah, they don't have have all of the background that they need. So how do we get one of your books? So it's jenniferchapin.org. And then um, they also currently are on Amazon. I have a Facebook page for two. I actually have the book. So if I can get it to oh, show there there, it is. that's the Too Low Tom and Jeep Peeps book. So again, <laughs> you know, children's book and that we have a Facebook page for. It's just facebook.com slash Too Low Tom. All the characters are based on people that I know and, and so on. Did a little bit of there so we could post a picture of the real Too Low Tom or whatever. So you didn't change the name to protect the innocent? No, not at all. And I get a, <laughs> not at all. And, and, and the fun part is I get people that, you know, kind of know me from around the country. They're just like, hey, why am I not in there? And I'm like, well, you know, we want to oh, make yeah. more books and you got to have some kind of nickname or character that kind of goes with your Jeep. And, you know, a lot of people Absolutely. do. So, so that's the positive oh. part. I noticed another thing uh, on the internet was Jennifer Chapin Racing. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that too. I mean, you have so many things going on. My crazy off-road life is what I say. I um, My goal was, um, you know, I did the Fury Road Rally, you know, and I've been trying, I did a little bit of ice racing up in Colorado and I just haven't been able to develop it exactly where I want to go. But, um, you know, the, the ultimate goal for me is the Baja 1000 and, you know, in the truck and I'm kind of working towards that goal. So it just, um, it hasn't developed as quick as I'd like, but, you know, again, you're talking about, you know, huge money and everything. And, you know, so I just kind of keep, keep chasing it and I'll get there eventually. But in the meantime, I, I think I'm distracted by, you know, making books and, you know, teaching others. But I mean, I, I enjoy that so much. And I think one of the things for me was, I was um, a little bit afraid when I first stepped away from the corporate world. I was a techie geek and I taught color, you know, print and whatever. 
And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take my hobby and turn this into a business. Am I going to, you know, am I going to hate this or something, you know, a month or six months or whatever. And it's been extremely challenging at times. And I was like a challenge, yeah, but yeah. I, it, it's actually enhanced how I feel about it and, and how I think it's so important to get, get our positive message out there to so many people that they're not seeing it. There's that lifted truck or there's that big Jeep and, you know, there's like this kind of bad image and it shouldn't be. Well, I appreciate you actually doing that because yes, the world needs more of that. And it's really important that you're chasing your dream and it takes a lot of work. I know both Chris and I have done Baja Barn once and, you know, it's worth it. And eventually you can make it there. Simple as that. Got to have a little bit of backing, but that's good. Well, I'm glad you're doing well. Uh, what will be the next next uh, part? Chasing more of the Baja or doing more curving? Another friend of mine, a young lady that doesn't have quite as much of experience, but, you know, she's all about it. We um, started a new company called Tops Off Adventures, and we're um, taking people on more overland trips. So we're going to do the Rubicon trip a few times this year, and we're kind of looking at um, going to Mexico and doing some other craziness with it, but cool. looking for what it is that, you know, people want. That's what I say. You figure out what people want, and you got to make. That's really the key. Yeah. And I got a bunch of people that have already been begging me to do this, and I just haven't been able to kind of figure out the logistics of it yet. They want to do a New Mexico adventure, so basically the whole state on dirt. And so I'm kind of working on that too. So the mind doesn't stop; it goes 24/7 Jeep. So, well, that's that's what uh, that's what we do, which is why we're called DonJeep.com, all Jeep all the time. So thanks for joining yeah. us. That's really great. Glad we got a chance to uh, meet you. And if people need to get your stuff, it's What's your website again? JenniferChapin.org. And also on Facebook, you can do facebook.com slash Tom and see the book there. And there's links there. And and yeah, best place to go. So. Awesome. Okay. So thanks again for joining us. I appreciate you being a guest on Gone Cheapin. And we'll see you again, hopefully sometime out on the trail. Absolutely. So everybody's welcome. So thank you. Thanks again. All right. Thanks, Jennifer. Okay. See ya. Bye-bye. That was Jennifer Chapin. So if you want to check out her book and her adventures, jenniferchapin.org. So now we're going to Trail Talk and we have Tracy. Uh, Trailside is basically just a, a plea to all of our fans and followers. If you guys have any upcoming Jeep events for this summer and this fall, and you would like to get them out on our social media pages, send us an email, drop us a comment, send us a um, private message with the name of the event, the dates, the location, a little detail about it, and we will post it up. If you've got a couple of photos to go along with it, that would be great, too. So that, that's about all I've got today, guys. What about you? Well, well that's what I was saying. Uh, you know, those events are important, and they don't have to be just Jeep events. I mean, that's what we love the best. But if it's one of those that you have to have a Bronco or a Scout on, just let it go. I'm out of I do have something to uh, to add real quick. Yes, so, Liam. Something I've been doing is going around and um, talking with different physical establishments, not necessarily online, about posting Gone Jeep in uh, podcast posters. And mm -hmm. I do want to announce that we had a couple people that said yes. There's a in O'Reilly's in Kalamazoo, and we have a junkyard cool. here that's local. And they also agreed to put up uh, some of our signage. So thank you to you guys. That's uh, U.S. Auto in Sterling Heights and O'Reilly's in Kalamazoo. Uh, we do appreciate supporting Gone Jeepin'. And um, I believe, and I think I, I speak for all of us when I say, if you have an establishment and you would love to put up some signage for Gone Jeepin', we can hook you up with something, um, work something out, and uh, let, you, let you spread word about the brand, right? Absolutely. I mean, be happy to uh, send you some of our podcast cards or a file if you want to print out something a little bit bigger, uh, hang it on your front window, put it on your counter, whatever you want to do. I just wanted to say, you know, I just came back from it's like three weeks in Mexico. Um, yes, we definitely did have some Jeeps down there. Why are you shaking your head, Rick? You lucky <laughs> dog. <laughs> Envious. Uh, all right. Yeah, it's this still is snowing where I'm at. So glad that you had a chance to go. That's that's so cool. 
Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. But um, it was the Nora Mexican 1000 and then the Sonora rally over on the mainland side. But what I was getting at is that, you know, I think we're coming in, in to see in the light on this whole shutdown of the world and events and whatnot. So when you guys, when, you know, all of our listeners are out on the trail, let, let us know. It's like, we got stuff going on. I'm out here in California and Cal four wheel is pushing forward with a whole bunch of events. We got Sierra Trek coming up high desert roundup. Um, there'll be Panama Valley days down in death Valley you know, some really great cheap events. Cheap Jamboree is, you know, doing their thing all around the country. You got Jeepers coming up in July on the Rubicon. So, yeah, we'd love to hear about what you guys are out there, what you guys are doing. Yep. Yeah, we, we could use a few roving reporters. Send us some photos, a couple of video clips. Let us know what kind of fun you're having. Uh, upside down and on fire is always good, but don't do it on purpose. <laughs> yes, be careful out there. We were camped in the dunes out in the Sonora. I was guiding a trip and uh, had the off-road club from San Luis come out. And, man, they've got some awesome Jeeps. I don't know if you remember, but we posted one last year on a guy's 500-horsepower uh, Comanche that was just like a dune monster. We, I, I think I sent you a picture, Tracy, just recently. Yeah, we posted it. Yeah, it, it went up on Monday for Comanche Monday. Yeah. And it was just like, these guys come out. And this year we also had one of the guys that came out, they came out and fixed us this awesome carne asada dinner. And um, he had a CJ five and I, I did some, you know, I took some photos and got some information. I'm going to have to translate it because my Spanish is not that good. It was, he, he didn't speak English, <laughs> but man, this thing was just awesome. Tore up this 300 foot dune like it was, you know, a walk in the park. It was pretty fun. So there's a lot of stuff going on. I think we're coming out of this, uh, you know, this pandemic, you know, closure of everything. And we're on the COVID, COVID comeback. So I'd love to, you know, love to hear what everybody's doing this summer. Cool. We're on the CC, COVID comeback. That's it, baby. All right, everybody. I think that's a wrap. I'm your host, Rick Paley, along with Tracy Clark, Greg Henderson, Liam Lafferty, Howard Donaldson, and Chris Collard. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And we'll see you next time. Adios. See you guys. See you later. Chris, adios in Spanish. (laughs) Adios in Spanish? That's going to be (laughs) out. Ciao, Zinho. Ciao. And she may not turn on a dime, but she'll never back down from the steep incline that's hit her trail. And I'll show you real quick that it's a cheap thing. And let's take a ride, then you'll understand. Get some wind in your hair, you'll forget to care. Top down with your hands in the air. It can be red, green, or blue, whatever color would do. Only thing to be said for me and you is it's a cheap thing. Yeah, it's a cheap thing. Oh, we ain't all just tears and lies. We will for those in the fight of their lives. So grab your beer, your whiskey, your wine. Let's kick some mud and we'll have a good time. Here's why it's a cheap thing. Let's take a ride, then you'll understand. Get some wind in your hair, you'll forget to care. Top down with your hands in the air. It can be red, green, or blue, whatever color will do. Only thing to be said for me and you is it's a cheap thing. Yeah, it's a cheap thing. Oh, it's a cheap thing. Yeah, it's a cheap thing.